Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us. This is season two, episode number 21. It is going to be a real life stores edition with Marcus and Loretta Kelly from St. Louis, Missouri. They have an amazing ministry. You're going to hear about it more in just a second. But before we dive in, thank you for joining us as always on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So please like, share, subscribe, tell someone about it. And we just want to keep filling you with great content to encourage you in your spiritual walk each and every week. So thank you so much, guys. Well, here we go. We haven't done a real life stories for a couple weeks now. So we waited to bring in uh, this amazing couple here that's going to tell us all about them. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the Grace One Daily Podcast, Marcus and Loretta Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. You're Wonderful welcome. to be here. Thank you you drove all the way down uh, up from St. Louis to Missouri down to good old south, Southwest Missouri here, Carthage, Amen. Missouri. Right. Yes. How was that drive today? Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. A little drizzle, rain. We drove right out of it into the sunshine. It's that crazy time of year. You could get a snowstorm if if you're not careful. That's right. Well, anyway, quick, we're going to dive into your stories, hear all about who you guys are. I know people in this church here, Grace Point, know who you are, but people who are listening might not. So we want to get to know who you guys are. But give us a just quick little bio before we dive into your stories. Well, uh, we are um, a really... Um, story of faith and uh, miracle, like most people are. We didn't fall out of heaven, but the Lord found us and uh, saved us and called us. And we were two opposites, you know, um, but God puts together opposites. <laughs> I received the Lord as my uh, Savior and was spirit-filled before he was spirit-filled. And so we were on two different roads. He was a nightclub singer, uh, and I was a little church girl. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Lord had a plan. He had a plan for our lives. And on that journey, uh, it's absolutely marvelous and a beautiful story. Uh, so I would say that he dealt with me first. Okay. Pulled me out of um, an abusive a uh, lifestyle, uh, a little girl who was a Baptist little girl, went to church with mom, but um, sexually abused at a young age and uh, for some reason unliked by my mom, so I thought. So I was a troubled little girl who uh, needed God in the worst kind of a way. And um, the Lord found me. And uh, for some reason, I was just a praying. I was a praying kid. Mom did take me to church. She did take me to tent revivals. And I believed that God was real. And when I got to the point where I was ready to give up and didn't like my lifestyle, I called on the name of the Lord. And he found me, a little broken, wounded little girl, and called me into salvation, turned my life completely around. Wow. I love how you use that phrase that he found you. You yes. know, we, we use that phrase, don't we, a lot when we're talking about our salvation story, like, I found the Lord yeah. as if it was us, but it's always been him. Absolutely. And when we look back at our stories, all some of us, you know, I got saved as a senior in high school, and now I look back and see, man, he is the God of the setup. Oh my gosh. That he is the God that even before that flip the script moment, you know, that 180 turn. Now I can look back and yes. be like, man, he was setting me up the whole way, the whole person, time. people, circumstance, situation. Absolutely. And uh, we found out, my husband and I are talking, that 
technically, we were in the same school and in kindergarten, mm. but did not know each other. But even back then, before the beginning of time, the Lord had a plan for our footsteps to meet, and we met as teenagers. Okay. And um, two opposites, church girl, <laughs> you know. He grew up in church as well, but walked away because of the ability to sing. Mm -hmm. And he got um, called into the nightclub and made an offer that he couldn't refuse. And so I'll let him tell a little bit about that okay. before we go further. Yeah, because you're, the, you're the, cro the crooner, the swooner, the what? <laughs> I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my handle. <laughs> uh, really, I'm for real, that was my handle, cro mm -hmm. crooner. Yeah, okay. But, uh, no, I... I I likewise was brought up in a Baptist church, and um, I was made an offer that I couldn't refuse as a kid. And uh, back then, uh, you could work in nightclubs as a child as long as you had a written permission from your parent. Back then, uh, schools taught penmanship, and I was good. And, uh, of course, I forged a letter, and okay. <laughs> I started working in the nightclubs at a very early age. But uh, when I got married, um, that burning desire to be a star was, was I couldn't refuse it. Yeah. So I abandoned my wife. I abandoned my children, my home and everything, and pursued a career in uh, the entertainment field. Okay. I said if I could get to Now, this wasn't Loretta, right? There's mm. a different... No, no this, this is Loretta. Is okay, okay, yes. all right. Yeah, I, all right. I left her. Okay. And uh, I pursued uh, a career in, in the, the music field. I said if I could ever get to Vegas, I, I, I would have it made. Okay. And yes, I did. I made it to Vegas, and I was singing with all the stars and everything. It was great. But that void, it was a big hole in my life that Vegas didn't fill. I thought... I thought it was, but it didn't. And uh, uh, I tell this to everybody. In the entertainment field, there is a spirit that governs it. And it takes your weaknesses and cap puts you in captivity by using your weakness. Mm. Some people have a desire to be rich, uh, to be famous, uh, or some, some have drug problems, sex problems, whatever your weakness is, that's what uh, that spirit would use to keep you there. Wow, and, that's a great and, point. In, and in Vegas, you, 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 it's owned and operated by the mafia, so you can't quit, but you can get fired. So uh, my weakness was not drugs. I was scared of drugs, but I did have a sex problem. And uh, when I got into Vegas, uh, they own you. They tell you who to be with, who you sleep with. It's all for, you become a product, wow. a commodity. So, yes, I, um, I was so deep into it um, that sex was, my, I had a weakness in that. And there yeah. were a lot of women. Not that I didn't love my wife, but I had a stronghold. Okay. And it got so bad to where I wanted to commit suicide, but I didn't have the the power or the the guts to pull the trigger. I was in a hotel room uh, in Colorado Springs, and I prayed. Uh, first, let me say this. I was saved at five, mm. but I backslid. I left God. I left the church to pursue this career. I was in a hotel room in Colorado Springs, and uh, I wanted to end it all. I had my band with me, but I was in a was like a suite, and I had the door shut. I was in a room, and I was praying, God, if you're really real, get me out of this mess. Mm. And um, I started to pray, and my band, they heard me, 
And uh, they start knocking on the door, you know, hey, man, are you all right in there? Because I was getting loud. And uh, I didn't answer them because what was happening to me was more important than answering that door. And then all of a sudden, my language changed. I started speaking in an unknown language. <laughs> and they heard me. And they said, listen to him. He done lost his mind. He's, uh, he's drunk. Acts he, 2 moment. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, they thought I was just <laughs> losing it. Yeah. That's right. And uh, then I received the power of the Holy Ghost. That mm. gave me the power to say no. See, sex ruled me. It was a stronghold, and I couldn't break it. So God had to deliver me from that. He wow. gave me the ability to say no, and also he gave me the favor to leave Vegas. I mean, walk away with, with no repercussions or anything. I came home, and I told my wife, this was in 1985. I told my wife, I said, look, I'm home. She said, I see that. She thought I was just mm -hmm. you know, passing through. Um, I said, no, I'm home, and I'm clean. I'm deliberate. I'm delivered wow. from sexual addiction. That's what I had. Mm. And not only was I uh, delivered from that, in 1985 was when I walked through the door. I didn't sing for 10 years. From 1985 to 1995, God was emptying me of me mm. and filling me with his desires for my life. I thought yeah. singing was, was, was it. It was over. I got a job. I became a deacon in the church. I was, you know, having fun, living a normal life mm -hmm. until somebody stuck a microphone in my hand, <laughs> had a men's yeah. meeting, and it, it all came back. Mm. But the best part of this whole testimony is that my wife waited for me for over 20 years while I was out there. And the way she did it, God gave her a vision that her and I will be ministering together Wow! before it happened, 20 years before yeah. it happened. So whenever she thought about me being in the arms of another woman, she was able to pull that vision down, and they gave her the grace to keep mm. going on because she yeah. knew God was real. She didn't treat me for what I was, but she treated me for what I was to become. Mm. And so today... Yeah. Oh, say that again. <laughs> yeah. So, but today we've been... Uh, uh, Married for 53 years. Yeah. And we just, everything is great. Did he have, I, you know, man, we got to back up here a little bit. Okay. Uh, go through some of these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, during that period when he's gone, he's out and about, you know, he had left. Did did he have some of those moments when he came back to that last time? I'm home for good. Had he had moments like that? No. Where he'd been he home five? He was just passing through. Okay. So he hadn't done that before. He was home for a week, you know, changed clothes, washed clothes, and he's gone again. Yeah. But I was a praying woman because when the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, I began to devour the word of God. And I read things, you know, like the sanctified wife sanctifies yeah. her husband by her chase, mm. by her manner of behavior. And I just ate the word of God and believed the promises of God and began to pray for him and fast for him and stand on the word of God. Yeah. And God was out there working on him, and I was at home praying and believing mm. him, learning the word of God. And and uh, when I would get discouraged and thought, when, Lord, when, and how are you going to do this? And yeah. the Lord just told me, you leave him to me. You concentrate on me and learn who I am and get who I am, and then I'll take care of him. Just keep praying. Just wow. keep believing. And my goodness, 
There's nobody like our God. You know, we all, as wives, sometimes think that we're the ones that's going to get them saved. Mm-hmm. But he, <laughs> yeah. he made him go to Colorado yeah. Springs, Colorado. Right. He saved him yes. when I was... In St. Louis. Okay, thousands of miles away. Man. There's nobody like our Ooh. God. We I, just I feel like you're to, preaching at me right now. We oh. have to trust him. We just have uh, to trust Okay, him. this is huge. What you're talking about right now is absolutely huge because right now in the church, you guys know this, you travel around the churches, you see that churches are filled with women, more women than and men. men. Exactly. And we see these women... You know, serving God, you know, they're, they're seeking the Lord. They got these, sometimes I call, you know, loser husbands, you know, mm-hmm. these guys, which you were at one point, because that's who we yes. are without Christ, mm-hmm. right? Right. But mm-hmm. I mean, and you see these women toiling and laboring and uh, should I give up? Should, should I divorce them? Should I move on? Should I? But uh, it's amazing that you held on to that. And, yes. you know, what's your, what is your advice for the, the modern woman today? Yes. It, and I've said that sometimes I would listen to broadcasts and I'd say, give them my name. Call me because I just believe the word of God. And when we establish a relationship with Jesus, he keeps us. Mm -hmm. He sustains us. He renews us. And my my advice, because we're also counselors, marriage counselors for our church. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have, and when we're off the road, we got back-to-back counseling sessions. And we tell them this. First, you have to have a relationship with the Lord. You have to build your faith up and you have to believe his word and trust him. God can do anything but fail. He's not going to make him. You can't make him. We don't change adults. God does. The Holy Spirit does. Mm -hmm. But he moves in the heart and on the behalf of his children who would trust him who would take his word, stand on his promises, he begins to work. And he will give you a glimpse of what he's doing if you live and walk by faith. And the other thing I always tell them, you've got to love him unconditionally. I was just getting ready to jump in. You cannot (laughs) put conditions on him. We we do a lot of couples uh, at our church. We got a a pretty big church. And uh, so we're always counseling. Marriages, and I'm talking about Christian marriages, they break up just as much as they're under attack than than the world. But the reason why is because of the way that they love. We don't love our wives or our husband like Christ loved us. So we we take couples through this this love session. And uh, there's a love called Storge, there's a love called Phileo, and there's a love called Eros. uh, Eros. And all three of those loves are conditional. And this is how people get married. They get married out of one of those loves, mostly Eros, the sexual love. Mm -hmm. And, but... They don't, some don't even know what agape love is. And it's a love that has no conditions. Like I cheated on my wife so many times. No way an Eros love would have put up with that. But a mm. godly love would. Wow, yeah. He, he, Christ loved us while we were yet sinning. He, wait a minute, he loved me before I was even born. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he yeah. knew, and he Gave knew, life. he yeah. knew I was going to be a, a, a sinner. So if we, w- what we try to do is teach people how to love. We teach them about uh, a love that has no conditions. And if you can grasp this, and only, you can, only, it ain't a love you can fall into, it's a love you choose. And you mm. can only get that from God. 
relationship so with the Lord. If we we turn them to God, and 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 they'll they'll spend time with God. They'll they'll ask God, give me this love. If you can love somebody with an agape love, then what they do that you don't like, what they do that you think is wrong, what they do that you think is unjust, it has no effect. You'll still love them. And You'll forgive. You'll learn how to forgive. Yeah. You'll learn how to let it go. You'll learn how to <laughs> move forward. You'll learn yeah. how to trust the Lord. And that's the way she did for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, what you had to do, which you talked about. She had to see you even in the midst of that sin. She had she had to see us who you were going to be, Me, not as who you were in that right. moment. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, only, that's easier said than done. It is. Uh, but it's agape can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a gift from God. It's not something it's you a, can. It's a growing thing. It's, yeah. it's a process of growing and uh, learning who the Lord is and trusting him and standing out by faith, not by what you see or how they treated you. And there are many women that uh, who have this kind of love will stay with them, even though they're being verbally abused. God can keep you. God can have it go in one ear and come out the other. And he can cleanse your heart and cause you to forgive. You know, forgiveness is not an option for Christians. Mm -hmm. We're commanded to forgive. Yeah. And we're commanded to love like Jesus loved. And the only way we can do that is if we establish an ongoing relationship with the Lord. Amen. You got to grow into this. You have to. Yes. You got to grow wow. in grace. That's powerful. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's my testimony. And as much as we hate to say it, you know, that uh, the things of God sometimes are such a process, you know, it I mean, is. what yes. was that? You said 20 years? Yeah. You waited? Yeah. Well, it was really over 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, while you're waiting, you're not counting. You're not saying, well, this is year number five. Uh, right. You got two more years. You know, <laughs> you're not counting. Jesus said, just forget about him and fall in love with me. Mm-hmm. Learn who I am, my statues, my precepts. And when I did, I'll tell you this, uh, real, make this a real quick, short testimony. The Lord had saved him and, you know, it, you know, it was beautiful. He was in church with us now and he was up on the stage singing. We had a great speaker in the church and he was up singing. And I looked over and saw one of my Sunday school um, students and I thought, oh, my goodness, I used to teach her in Sunday school. So she got up to leave before the service was over. And I ran after her and opened up the door. And I said, hey, how you doing? And she called me Reverend Kelly or Elder Kelly. And I said, yeah, it's me. She says, you told us God was going to save your husband. You told us you would be working together in ministry. And it's a profession of our faith because we have walked with the Lord and God gives us visions of our future and gives us goals to strive for how to pray. And when that lady said that it all came back, it's not like I was sitting there <laughs> counting. Well, it's been 10 years now, Lord, when are you going to do it? I wow, lost <laughs> myself in my relationship with the King of Kings. I lost myself and forgot all about I did what he said. Give Marcus to me. You just pray yeah. for him. And as I did that, I looked around and I thought, oh my God, it's been 20 years. Wow. And God had actually brought my request to pass. And see, we put limits on God. Mm. We say, I'm giving him, I'm giving you a few more years and then I'm out. 
because we yeah. get tired yeah. of hurting and we have to learn how to give our hurts, our disappointments. We have to give all of that to the Lord on a continuous basis. And God fixes our hearts. He cleanses our heart. He looses us from unforgiveness and we continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. There's your next sermon there. I'm glad she didn't count. <laughs> the next song. Okay. Maybe the next song. I'm glad Maybe she didn't I count. To, I'll need to write that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, uh, man, there's so many things we could talk about. But uh, one thing that God is that you brought up as you come back to the Lord and then you stop kind of singing, you know, and I heard this truth one time that I love regarding it was kind of talking about Abraham now uh, how in God's life. God had to bring the promise he gave to Abraham to death. Oh, yes. In a sense, he kind of squashed it. He yes. killed it. He brought yeah. it to a place where Abraham was like, oh, it's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, yes. I mean, how could my wife get pregnant? She's too old. Yes, like, yes, you know, yes. that whatever this God said about, you know, my offspring being as numerous as the sands of the seashore, all the ends of the earth will mm-hmm. be blessed for me. Well, yeah, sounded good at the time. Uh, it was one of those good prophetic words you get at a Pentecostal ch- service or something. I don't know. Okay. You know, and. <laughs> You know, but then God kills it. So it's it's literally impossible yeah. except for God. Right. And then he brings that promise back, you know, even brings when his back. wife is like, this the, the, this can't happen. Yes. This is impossible. Yes. And God says, hey, I'm the God of the promise. I'm Ooh. the one who gave you the gift the and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of what God did in your life, right? Yes. Is he stripped you, know, you of the, yes. the promise, the gift, he the did. resurrected. When I, when I came home from the entertainment field for good, uh, it seemed like God took away the taste of music away from me. Mm. And I was able to go into business. I started a business, a fundraising business, and it was very lucrative. I did well. And for those 10 years, I really provided like for my family like never before. I got so involved into when God was ready to launch me out in ministry, uh, I had a hard time walking away from from the business. Mm-hmm. I thought saying it was over. And here he is telling me again, like he, he wanted me to leave the entertainment field. My prayer, I didn't tell you this, my prayer when I was in in Vegas, Lord, I want to do your will, but I can't. Would you do it for me? And what he did, he closed down all opportunities to why yes. I had to come home. Yes, It wasn't that I was so dedicated to the Lord. No, God shut me down. Mm-hmm. I had nowhere else to go but home. Well, with my business, he wanted me to close that business and go into ministry. And I kept saying, I'm trying to bargain with God. Hey, God, how am I going to pay my bills? I can't, ain't no church going, you know, I, you can't make no money. Yep, right. And um, I said, after bargaining with God for over a year, then I said, okay, God, I'm having a hard time. Uh, would you help me do this? And, uh, he said, first get that product. I had some product stored in the basement just in case God's plan didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I had a backup plan. And the ministry stalled, and, and God told me, get rid of that product. And I had, I had to throw it in a dumpster. I couldn't sell it. I couldn't trade it. I had, to, I had to throw it away. As soon as I threw it away, that was in 2008. Now, I was, he had already wow. called me, and the ministry shot off. I mean, it went out of control. Hmm. So, uh, yes, God, (laughs) I tell my wife that sometimes a call could be on your life and you don't have a choice. I wish I could say I volunteered. I said, yes, I yielded to. I didn't do none of that. 
God, all I did was pray, and he shut stuff down. Wow. And I, if I wanted to go left and he, he didn't want me to, I couldn't have done it if, it would have, <laughs> if my life was dependent on The you. gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, right? Yeah, you, can't, you can't run away. If you try to run away from your godly responsibilities, they will run after you. Mm. And, and catch then you, you surrender. <laughs> then you go, okay, I quit. I give up. What do you want me to do? So, yeah, that, it was like that. And he bought, and I thought singing was over. Soon as they put, the, I was rusty. Soon as they put that microphone in my hand, I knew what to do. And I was at a men's meeting. I started singing, and the men fell out. Wow. I mean, they fell <laughs> on the floor. Now, yeah. when I was in the world, women would scream. You know, but that was a different type of anointing. <laughs> but here, men fell out and started crying. And I was shocked. I felt the power come from me, but I knew it wasn't mine. Yeah. And I told my wife, mm. and she said, I think God is calling you to the music wow. ministry. Yeah. And the gift came back. That's amazing. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, do you realize how many Monday mornings I wake up and I wish I could be the rich guy in church that tells <laughs> okay. the pastor what to do? <laughs> okay. Like, why can't I have that job? Why yes. do I got to be the preacher? Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> no, that's what he called But we can't run. Yeah, that's right. So I embrace it. it. Yeah. Take hold of it. Well, let's spend a few minutes talking about this. Oh, let me maybe share my story just for a quick second. Let's talk okay. about this whole baptism in the Holy Spirit. So sure, let's talk sure, about this. Sure, sure. You know, for me, I'm very, uh, my story is I, you know, I grew up technically Catholic. We never practiced Catholicism. I mean, I was baptized as a baby, but that's about it. Yes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So no, we didn't pray, read the Bible, et cetera, any of those kind of things. And I had a friend from a little Sims guy church as a junior hire, invite me over to a youth group where they told me about Jesus, heaven, hell, all those kind of things. That was my first exposure, if you will, to the gospel. Uh, but yeah, I just went there every once in a while, kind of hung out. And then, uh, really short story. I mean, this is the short story, the really long story. But anyway, my senior in high school, my dad was, my parents were divorced, broken home. And my dad had a live-in girlfriend with us who was a backslidden Assemblies of God gal okay. that was living with us at the time. And so she invited me to church with her one night. And so I remember, I'm like, well, yeah, I remember yeah, one one time, you know, blah, sure, let's do it. And it was like a Sunday night uh him sing or something like that. I don't even know what it was. But after that, I had met that night. I met my wife and a group of other people and this little group of Christians. And it was a small church in Nebraska. I'm from a little, a little town in Nebraska. And then this group began to proselytize me about Jesus and all this okay. stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I finally had my big Jesus moment in the fall of 1996. I'm in downtown Minneapolis. I hear the voice of God. I get saved. You know, God flips the script in my life. 180 turn, all these kind of things. I go wow. back. I'm changed. And God's moving in my life. And, and yes. uh, really, you know, Jesus changes things. And but it's interesting. My first month or two, I'm just seeking God. You know, with that first yes. man, when God be, first becomes real, mm-hmm. and I'm seeking Him and I'm praying. And I remember I was in my bedroom by myself, and I read the Book of Acts. Okay. And I'm reading Acts chapter one, Acts chapter two. You know, baptism, Holy Spirit, Day of Pentecost, etc. All these kind of stuff. And I just read it. I was like, well, that that's cool. I want that. You know. Mm-hmm. And so by myself, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues in my bedroom. You know, and I didn't necessarily see like thunderbolts or. You know, any I didn't see the tongues of fire that that particular portion, but man, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying out of tongues, and then I think it was some time later uh, that some guy church they're like, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, Spirit, praying in other tongues, and I was like, well, I already do that, and they're like, well, how do you already do that? And I was like, well, I read my Bible and I prayed, and so you know, like I tell people all this to this day is like, 
you know, if you will read the Bible and do what it says, it still happens today, yes, right. you know, and You're so, right. uh, yeah, and that happens with the baptism of Holy Spirit. You know, we have so o- overcomplicated yes, this thing yes. uh, and so many weird theologies and yes. just read it and just do it. Oh. Why, why not? Like that's all. And so I was talking to someone the other day, I almost feel bad uh, or I'm almost frustrated that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit praying in tongues so easy mm-hmm. because I've met some mm-hmm. people that just struggle so much mm-hmm. with it. And I think their brains are so clogged up. They're an- analyzing it. And yeah. it was so easy for mm-hmm. me because I was mm-hmm. so raw. And I just want to yes. like, okay, oh, God, that's mm-hmm. what you got. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it kind of happened to me like that. I was <laughs> in this hotel room and I was praying. I, I, I and, and, and it hit me. It came. My, my, my language changed mm. and uh i was filled with the i got baptized with the holy holy ghost and and my wife we were in indiana somewhere and this lady uh, she was an she was our age or older yeah and um i was gonna say elderly <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh uh hey i'm thankful for my years i, I really am but she had been trying and for trying and trying mm-hmm. to get the uh, baptized the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and my wife said, "Hey, here's a fifty dollar bill. You want it? It's a gift. It's a gift." Just she said, "Yeah." She said, "All you got to do is take it." You know, but needless to say, my wife put the fifty dollars up. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, "That's all you need to do. It's a gift. Accept the gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. Just accept it. Receive it." And I don't know. It wasn't ten minutes. It was, no, it was even five minutes. She just she started, just, just laid hands. She started speaking. Yeah, and her pastor runs up and says, "She may try to get the Holy Ghost for here." <laughs> you see, don't need to come that yeah. simple. But yes. I, I think part of what's going on in the church world today and the and the newcomers, we have misrepresented the Holy Spirit. And some people are a little shy about acting like what they saw or doing, and so they shut down. But when simply told, and when the power of the Holy Spirit is in the the midst, people receive just like that. Yes, yes. Just like that. And it's that, but the thing I'm, you know, that I love to hear you say, you didn't have the power. That's it. To do it. You, you, you had this issue and we all have issues and there's some people listening and I believe that are going to listen to this podcast. They're like, there's a struggle. It could be sexual. It could be pornography. It could be, I don't know what it is. Anger. Right. But there is power in the name of Jesus through the baptism of the Holy Spirit that he promised Mm -hmm. as a gift to every Christian, not Mm -hmm. just like we either, we can't be that special to be the only ones to get it. Right. right? right. Or we can't be that unspiritual that, we had to get it or somewhere right, in between. Right. It's for everyone. everyone. And, and that power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit will really give you uh, the ability. And that's yes. why I, talk, I taught on this a few weeks ago. It's the ability to to do more and to live yes. for God. To do, you what, don't you have, can, you to can't do, do what you cannot do for yourself. You, yes. I mean, you needed it to conquer yes. sexual sin. Yes. Right. You needed it yes. to, to stay strong, to trust. Yeah, I, I had a... a um, a background of abuse and I didn't feel loved from my formative years. I didn't feel like my mom loved me and I felt there was a, um, a feminine rivalry 
with my mom and my with my mom about my dad. My dad loved me, and so I went through life feeling unloved and feeling uh, insecure and an inferiority complex. And the Holy Spirit came in and changed that. And when I tell people, you see me now, I'm preaching, you think, no way you couldn't talk and you were shy. No way. But the power of the Holy Ghost changes you from the inside out. Mm. And he empowers you to do what you cannot do for yourself. That's great. It's awesome. Let's spend a few minutes. We'll wrap up the show talking about your ministry now. I mean, that you launch into ministry you started singing. You started preaching. How yes. talked about the formative years, the beginning of the ministry, and where it's yes. evolved to now. Yes, where we are uh, now. You know, he had his gift. I had my gift, and the Lord divinely, I would say, put us together. We finally got in the same church. We finally got on the same page. And uh, he started singing. The pastor loved the gift that he had. And he started allowing me to take over his Sunday school class and to preach more. And before you know it, we became the one. And uh, we went into ministry together. And the, the Lord just started opening doors. And here we are. We flow. People are just amazed at how we flow together. I can't figure it out. It has to be the power of the Holy Ghost. But it was two separate Ministries. He had the ability, and I had the ability to teach. And then the Lord just joined us together as one. I think part of our success story in the Lord, and by success I mean in the will of God, mm-hmm. you know, that we're, uh, we're in the will of God, is the fact that we pray. We pray constantly. We know it is not us. We know that we can't do this without the Lord. We know that any door that is open, it is opened by the Lord. And uh, we have uh, constantly, we actually sold out to the Lord. And our whole ministry is involved in prayer. We pray every Thursday together as a unit and individually every day. Then we pray when there are special needs or special things coming against us. Then we pray on the way to a service. Then we pray on the way back from a service. I mean, prayer, we're saturated in prayer, knowing who we are and whose we are. And if God doesn't do it, nothing gets done. Mm. And he's allowed us to walk together. And we've, we've had our struggles We've had times when just before it's time to get up on the pulpit, <laughs> we're like, yeah, you know, yeah. and the Holy, he would stop. Marcus would stop and say, hey, hold up. This is the devil. Let's pray. We, you cannot stand before God's people and become a lie. You have to stand before God's people in truth and in love. And that's what we try to do. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here real quick and give a different nuance. Uh, when we started, we did go through our trials. Uh, we had two strikes against us. We were called out of the the Baptist church, and we entered into uh, different de- denominations. A lot of denominations didn't believe in women preachers. That was one, yeah. <laughs> one, one big obstacle. And then we were black, and, and 90-something percent of the churches we go to are white. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it, but we had become trailblazers. And because when it's all said and done, a lot of pastors will ask us, is there any more like you? There are a lot of pastors who want uh, uh, what they call a New Testament church where blacks, white, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic, uh, <laughs> or everybody can come. Yeah. 
This one, we were in a little small town in Missouri. I ain't going to call your name or town because you'll figure out the church. <laughs> but my wife was preaching up a storm. And after it was over, we were at our product table, and this guy came. He was a farmer. He came in a small town. Okay. He had, came over, he had his bib overalls on, he had his hands in his pocket. And he <laughs> said, Sister, that sermon was for me. Thank you. And Loretta stuck her hand out to shake his hand, and he didn't take his hands out of his pocket. And he walked away. And I said, wow. But we came back a year or something later, and she preached a powerful message, and here he come again, the same guy in the bib overalls. Sister, you can really preach that word. <laughs> and like, oh, a, like a dummy, mm -hmm. she stuck her hand out again. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, he shook her hand, and he had a $100 bill in there. It was a Holy Ghost handshake. Yeah. And that's, we have come, because we, we're, we're uh, black, and because there's a woman preaching, a lot of people have not gotten over that hurdle yet. Yeah. And it was tough for us at, at first, but God gave us the strength to let that roll off our back and make him number one priority and not who likes us or who dislikes us. So it's been, it was rough in the beginning, but now it's smooth selling well, every night. I think, the, I think the issue is love. Yeah. And I think he and I both love Everybody and people can sense that, mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah, it's been, we've been trailblazers. We've had some knuckleheads, you know, but God has taught us to love and to forgive, and to concentrate on Him and not on individuals. To do His will, we're called by God, yeah, and not by man. Mm -hmm. And when you give, <laughs> you concentrate on the Lord. He's got your back. He's with you. Yes. He will empower you. Mm -hmm. And uh, he will open doors and close doors. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think love is the, is the key thing. Yeah. I think the love of God. Let me wrap up with this question. What do you feel like your anthem is? I like to pose it like that. What's your anthem that comes out? What do you find yourself preaching over and over again, that theme or some of those themes that just repetitively come out of you in your ministry? Faith. Faith. Believe God. Yes. Trust him. And it's always a challenge. I have found that we haven't come this far except by faith because we believe God. He's our source. Yes. And uh, that was a big hurdle for us, depending on ourselves making money and, you know, walking away from jobs. God is our source. And mm. if he's your source, you have to believe him come hell or high water. He has, it has to be a life lived by faith yeah. because you trust him. Wow. That's it. You That's heard my that? message. I, I learned this song back in downtown Minneapolis. We come this, this far on by faith. Oh, look out now. You lean on, on, on the Lord. You sure you ain't got a little Baptist in you, man? Come on now. <laughs> I got some things in my back pocket, you know? Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. But faith is it. That's And I yeah. found, I said, every time I <laughs> preach a different message, it's end up faith. From a different nuance, as he right. says. Well, that's yes. the only it's way faith. you're going to be able to please the Lord anyway, yeah. is yeah. by that's faith. That's it, by know? faith. Yes. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much for joining the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I know everyone that listens in other states, other countries, etc., are going to be blessed. Where can people follow you or uh, Facebook, website, yes. etc.? Tell, yeah. tell yes. me about that. Well, yeah. Facebook. Uh, Facebook, I would say. Yeah, Marcus and Loretta Jones-Kelly. Yeah. Just oh. Kelly. I took the Jones off. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So Marcus and Loretta Kelly. 
Awesome. Check it out. Yes. If, if they are in your area, I know by the time you listen to this, it, it, they'll be done with us here in, in Carthage. But God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time. God bless.